Mr. Paul Lauren is with us today. So Hello, nice Paul. to be here. Hi, guys. Previously on Billy Joel's A to Z, Turnstiles Edition. Well, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, who made the decision to make James the single? I mean, it's possible with writing songs like Summer Highland Falls in New York State of Mind that he saved New York City single-handedly. It's got a lot of grit. It's got a lot of power. For those with an ear for the deeper cuts, Turnstiles is a treasure trove of buried gold. In a close final position, all you want to do is dance. Number seven for me, and then, of course, the done. I'm going two here. All you want to do is dance. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where are the oldies they used to play? That's not fair. Now <laughs> it's now I've wow. changed my mind. If it was, you know, I mean, That sounds it. beautiful. This whole album is so eclectic and so different. It's like whatever your mood is. And, and I think Billy Joel said that. He called it turnstiles because it's like eight different songs, eight different types of music. And now the explosive conclusion of the Turnstiles album wrap-up on Billy Joel A to Z. From all about Seoul, way down to Zanzibar, it's still rock and roll, though we don't play no guitar. You rank them high, rank them low, you may be right, big man on Mulberry Street, here on Billy Joel A to Z. Well, let's talk about the order of the songs in that sense. It's confusing a little bit. I think ending with Miami 2017 is brilliant, but I feel like back then, Paul, I think you might agree that people didn't have their, and I know he did that with Piano Man too, with Captain Jack. They didn't have their greatest songs as the end of song. They were always piled up in front. So it's very, again, almost risky to have this phenomenal ending, but it's, it's awesome. But most most albums would have ended with all you want to do is dance. No, as the last song. No, you put the most epic song at the, at the end. Bands had been doing that. And this but was clearly the most. No, epic that's not the way songs. it used to work. The Doors always did that. Well, or even the Beatles, most, uh, A Day in the Life. That was at the end. Most yeah. bands did not. They put their least favorite song at the end and it would always end on a, a bad note. Well, you know, when they were sequencing for vinyl, they would say, here's here's what it is. It was actually based on the format. Guys, so vinyl records, the, the the fidelity as you'd get to the end of the side would wane. So you'd start with a with a with a punch because you'd actually because of the physical format of the record, you'd have more fidelity. The grooves could hold more information, so you'd have more bass, you'd have more high frequencies at the top. But when you get to the end, you actually because the grooves get smaller and smaller as you get closer to the middle of the record, you don't have as much information and therefore fidelity in the grooves. So they would, what they would do for that was put a ballad towards the end of the side, just because they wanted those rock and roll numbers to have the punch up top. So it was actually kind of reverse engineered from the format itself. That's how they would sequence these records. So, but to your point, interestingly, Miami 2017 packs so much punch and yet they put that closer to the middle of the record. Well, they can get away with it here because it's only an eight song record right. and not very long at all. So you do have a lot of fidelity even closer to the uh, to the center of the uh, the record. And here. I guess that's the reason for only having eight songs on it. Right. Because most albums had well, they, most albums used to have nine, possibly nine ten, yeah. ten, maybe ten. I think most albums had nine songs. That was usually the basic. I know the Innocent Man had ten, which was odd. Actually, I think it, it's not usually. I think Michael Jackson had nine in Thriller. Eight or nine, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah, but it's in what you're saying, right? They they so that's great. I didn't know that they had to start off. 
I knew there was a reason that you couldn't put more songs on because the quality got worse, but I didn't know there was a difference at the beginning of the record. So I do love, you know, you could go either way with this. Started, you could you could have totally started the album with Angry Young Man. Uh, as, we, as we know, the, the goes side one is Say Goodbye to Hollywood, then Summer Highland Falls, which I would be against, but he loves that as we were talking about as a second song. He loves Summer Highland Falls as a second song. That's where he thinks it belongs. It's also in that in Songs in the Attic as well. Then all you want to do is dance, which I think is strangely placed there. And then, of course, ending side one with New York State of Mind, which is great. That's a great idea. And, and you must remember these albums were designed side one, side two. You know, it wasn't that they ever knew there was going to be a format where it could just all blend together. So yeah. I, I don't. And then side two is side two. We've talked about very oddly opens with James and then goes to the power ballad of angry young man. Then I've loved these days, which is probably the right place for it. And then, you know, really driving it home with Miami 2017. Billy Joel's going, it's a concept album, basically. It's got to go in this order because you have to start from a guy leaving California, moving to New York. So you have to start with Say Goodbye to Hollywood. Then he's in New York. And then I've Loved These Days feels like the ending song because it really has that kind of feel to it of like closure. And then he goes to Miami 2017 because now it's past closure. It's the future. Oh, yeah, that's interesting, Alan. I never thought about that before. You're absolutely right. The side one is leaving L.A., going back to New York. It's got all your New York songs. Right. And then uh, and then it, and side two is completely different and goes and ends with the future. Oh, that's I never thought about that before. That makes a lot of sense. It's back to the future. Along. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get to that. But I, I just curious. I, I pulled up the uh, songs in the attic vinyl here and you're right. Um, he, he opens this. This is like a live show. Right. And I think this is structured songs in the attic, like a live set list in a way. But he he starts with Miami 2017 here. Um, that's the album opener. And then similarly, he places Summer Highland Falls right at number two on Songs in the Attic. He ends the record with I've Loved These Days. And it's interesting about Turnstiles, you know, that feels like the end. And Miami yeah. 2017 feels like the encore or something like that. You know, uh, it's exactly what we were talking about with The Stranger, right, Alon? That the ninth or the eighth song, I don't remember what it is, but the ninth song is Everybody has a dream, right? But or, yeah, or did to get that? And what's the one before it? We did that already. Get, get it right, right the first, first time. time. Get yeah. it right the first time. Right. And it's like weird because or, or is it the opposite way? We thought that the ninth song was the end because you said it like a coda. I, I remember you mentioning it that it. Well, no, actually, I think what we were talking about was Cold Spring Harbor. Oh, where Nocturne is the ninth song. And you really feel like that's the end of an album. Oh, right. Yes. This beautiful instrumental, real sad. And then Got to Begin Again comes after that. Right. Feels like the Which, instrumental should be the last song. Yeah, but he had to have that extra song to say, I'm not going to kill myself. I am <laughs> looking forward to things. <laughs> yeah. He's very anticlimactic, that Billy Joel. I mean, he puts out a song called Famous Last Words. You, you'd think that'd be the end, but then he's got he's got Christmas in Fallujah. And then he's got, uh, what is it? All, all my life. All my life. Oh my. I can't believe we're mentioning those songs in the turnstiles wrap up. <laughs> well, you have to, cause he, cause he ruined his entire his famous last word. And you can't come out with anything else unless it's amazing. <laughs> so true. You know, it'd be cool if, uh, Paul, do you think you could give us a little taste of one of these turnstile songs? Oh, oh, sure. All right. Let's see. What have I, what have I not played on the show? 
Uh, I've played a few of these just in snippets for sure. Right. You played James. I think you've played I Love These Days. I think you played I Love These Days too. Summer Highland Falls. You just gave us a a little bit of all you want to do is dance earlier. How about a little Miami 2017? I'd like that very much. I could do that. Yeah, I can can throw that in there. I can see. You haven't haven't heard our, I don't think it's come out yet, where we talk about Richard Marks doing a version of Miami 2017. What? Yeah. And it's, it's actually terrific. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow. He's mostly the piano, mostly the piano version, you know. Wherever you go, <laughs> exactly. whatever you do, we'll be right there waiting. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It was a Stormfront because he did backup vocals on Stormfront. Interesting. Richard Marks. And Billy Joel guy. played the piano in one of his album songs. So it turns out Richard Marks is a big Billy Joel fan. Well, they had a little back and forth, did they? Yeah. Okay. When Richard Marks was Richard Marks. Richard Marks. He was dating that girl from Saturday Night Fever too. Descended from the the, the Marx brothers, of course. <laughs> or as uh, Alan says, the uh, beginning of what was it? Communism. Communism. <laughs> <laughs> He's Karl Marx's grandson. Yeah. Uh, okay, give you, I'll give you on that note. Now I want to hear um <laughs> now I want to hear that Richard Marks song. <laughs> yeah. That sounds uh, everything you play sounds amazing. <laughs> What's the songs I hate? Have him play it from now on and just have a version of that all the time. That's yeah, sh- shameless by Paul Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right here we go see it's working for me i'm sitting here going like you know, maybe i better rethink that song you know i'm not a man who's ever been insecure about the world i've been living in i don't break easy i have my pride but if you need to be satisfied i'm shameless it's great song. Jesus, I'm sitting here shaking my head a lot. I'm like, well, see, now this, now I love this song. Maybe so I don't have a prayer. Every time I see you standing there, I go down upon my knees. Okay, let's do a turnstile song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Here's Miami 2017. It's voice, too, you know, it's so it's crisp and clear. It's old Billy Joel voice that I like, you know, before the cigarettes kicked in. Yeah, that's what I'm. I, I, I'm a two pack a day kind of guy, but I'm. Uh, I'm you know. <laughs> I want to be just like Billy. <laughs> I talk like this at the end. Now you get these clams to the cook and tell him <laughs> it's for me. <laughs> Wait, I just can we before I play this song? Can we just? How does Billy like his clams? Is he, is he doing oreganata? Are they doing baked? Are they doing? I'm, I'm trying to find out because uh, yes. I have a call into uh, Paul Rudd. And he might be able to actually tell us that entire story. So then we'll find out for sure. Okay. No, I, I, f- I found an interview where he mentions it. Apparently, Billy Joel likes his clams raw and room temperature. Oof. Clearly, because he carries <laughs> them in his pocket. Oh, you're kidding. You're <laughs> yeah, of asshole. course. He would <laughs> not like, survive well, to this age. If that's how he okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why his voice went. All right. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> He's got some barnacles on his throat. They give you some acid reflux for sure. I tell you. All right, I got no reverb, but I'm at this I'm at this upright piano here and uh let's see if we can do it. Okay. Coming to you live uh, from Nashville. Here's Paul Lauren with my Abbey 2017. This is dedicated to the MTA. Something like that.
Broadway I saw the Empire State laid low And life went on beyond the Palisades They all bought Cadillacs And left there long ago We held a concert out in Brooklyn To watch the island bridges blow Turned our power down and drove us underground. But we went right on with the show. It. We'd seen it all the time on 52nd Street or 42nd. They burned the churches up in Harlem, like in that Spanish Civil War. Mexico
Uh, Paul, you were on so... mute the whole time. Could you redo that? Oh, cool. <laughs> sure. That was so amazing. I muted my mic, so I was laughing at the 52nd Street and the Nashville reference. That was so great. That Oh, God. You're it's so weird to play that. Thank Thanks. you it's... so much for playing that. That was so good. It's strange to play that song now, having left New York. Actually, it's very, um, I don't know, it's, it's pretty poignant for me. I, well, we had you play it emotional. on purpose, so maybe you'll come back. We were teaching you a lesson <laughs> in respect. And, you know, <laughs> now you're feeling like Billy. You're like, you know what? I abandoned my roots. I feel kind of horrible. Maybe I should come back. You the sound people, like my mother. The people need Where are you, phone. Paul? <laughs> Radio Flyer. <laughs> Great. I love that song, by the way. Can I, uh, you know, your song Radio Flyer that just dropped on July 1st. You realize the problem with it, right? I guess I guess you get it, right? What's what's the problem? Oh, oh you don't know? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I just you figured it out. Um, I know you want it to be a hit and all, but it's 309. So oh. I assume if you take four seconds <laughs> off, you'll see that it'll really go places. But uh, well, good for you if you didn't seem to get it, I guess. Yeah, it'll be in the it's back in the discount rack like another can of beans. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> I hope and let the, let your all your beans be cannellini at least. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know what? You know what's great? Uh, I'll, I'll have to note that I'll let the record company know, Dave, um, that I, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help, Paul. Just trying to help. Just trying to be a regular guy. The beautiful you know? thing about seeing you guys live, and not many of our listeners get to see your beautiful faces, but but watching Alon's face uh, react in real time when you speak, Dave, is is a that's <laughs> Alon a show doesn't have any reactions. Stuff. He's his wife and I call him the Ice King. <laughs> he has no reactions. He's just it's always the same reaction all the time. Meanwhile, I was going crazy while you were playing. I was bobbing up and down. That was so enjoyable. Sweet. I was Thanks, so man. into it. I'm like, here it comes. Here comes a big part. It was so great. I don't think again, we were, I think when we were talking about stiletto, we wanted to talk to you. Remember, Alon, about how you play one part and the other part with you. Like, that's impossible to do. Nobody can do that. Well, maybe Paul Lauren can do it I don't know, because it, you know, you're doing a oh, different yeah. beat with the left hand and the right hand. And I felt like you were doing that in this song too. And it's just it mm. looks so complicated. Well, Angry Young Man's got that kind of thing going on also, right? There's a lot of, he's yeah. playing like four different keyboards at once in that song. Yeah, you have yeah, a lot was, of those. But that's kind of what playing the piano is. You kind of try to uh, separate. Uh, uh, you know? And then he's got this. You just kind of separate them. It's the church and state. <laughs> on and on and on so that's yeah. that's see that's the most complicated thing i think about playing the piano is you need to you need to have the right and left brain ability to be able to play a different melody with each hand right well, I think we all we all multitask. I mean, I think we're all, you know, yeah. Yeah, you think that, work, but, but you'd be mistaken. <laughs> but thank you for saying that about all of us. But some of us don't have that. I can't. Uh, what was it? Elon, pat my head and rub my tummy. Yeah, <laughs> impossible. I am, however, an ambidextrous uh, uh, batter uh, when I play oh. baseball. No, I'm okay. kidding. I uh, oh. just like to say the word ambidextrous. <laughs> <laughs> that word of the day calendar is really paying off. <laughs> So Ooh, you got Bernie Williams for the holidays there. For yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Paul has a, a surprise for us, right, Alon? Well, yeah. Um, you know, as everyone knows, we uh, we always do these fake songs for every single episode. A lot of weird Alon parodies. 
We thought it might be kind of cool. What if someone good sang one of these songs? <laughs> mm. What if we could use that every week? No offense, but yes, take offense <laughs> yeah. to it. You, your singing stinks. I'm going to travel. I, no, I, I don't agree Paul. with that. I don't agree with that, Dave. I think um, I think Alon, you know, really tries to hold it together. He I does. Think. I'm always fascinated how he holds the melody sometimes because he doesn't sing and it's fascinating. And, and he it's even remembers. so tough to do it a cappella. He's not singing to accompaniment or a piano or anything. And how does he do it? I mean, well, sometimes I help him. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, he did the backing vocals on Careless Talk and a couple other things. <laughs> what was the what was the. um? Oh, precious. oh, yeah, that. That freaked that's me out when degrees. you did that the other day. Yeah, yeah the three degrees girl. What does uh, so, oh, stop in Nevada? When will I see you again? When will our hearts be together? And, and I hear Dave. Oh, he's doing <laughs> yeah. all this stuff. I was like, trying. Do we need Look that? Look at me making fun of a lot of this is bad. <laughs> Well, Paul, it means a lot to hear you say that my singing is uh, listenable. That's awesome. Yeah. And and the well, I think the fact that you don't crack up when because some of these things are just I don't know how you hold it together, actually. No, you're wrong oh. on that, too. Yeah. OK. <laughs> I'm giving a lot, a lot of shit today. <laughs> the um, the one that really, you know, Alon sent me a few of his parodies here. The, uh, they're all really great. We could try maybe, you know, a little snippet of each. But um, I'm a, I'm a big um, pudding, Spanish pudding fan. I like a. Um, <laughs> I like uh, the the panna cotta, the 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 creme brulee of Spain, oh, and, God. Um, with a little dulce <laughs> de leche on top. So yeah. let's try, let's try this. Um, okay, this is to the tune of "Angry Young Man," or I should say, "Angry Young Man." It's uh, <laughs> caramel flan. God, mm. I remember this one. Um, <laughs> There's a place in the fridge for the caramel flan To the right of the left of a honey glazed ham It's a bouncy like jello but creamy like soup It's perfectly round like a sweet hula hoop But your lactose intolerant brother will scream Cause it's loaded with milk and it's topped with whipped cream So we better not try any caramel flan Wow. Yeah. I got to apologize to Alon. That song is brilliant. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I made fun of him for an hour after that. And then, but the way, when you hear it, like you're saying, Alon's a a lyrical genius. (laughs) Really? He he is the, he's the Sammy Khan or the Cole Porter of, of Billy Joel parodies. He really. (laughs) I'm I'm the Bernie Taupin to your Elton John. Uh, Sure. Sure. (laughs) You went too far. Yeah, a little too much. <laughs> oh, that was amazing, Paul. Wow. Thank you so much. Wow. These are all really fun. Do you want to hear some more as we do in the wrap up? Now yeah. I do. I usually okay. don't. When Alon's like, I have more. I'm like, no, please. And I usually cut it out. But <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I wrote three it? different versions. <laughs> I am I way think- in. <laughs> he wrote three different versions. I love uh, this. The Sega Genesis is good. This really speaks to my childhood. Dave, uh, I don't know if, you know, Alon, we're probably around the same age. I, yeah, I not so much for Yeah. So, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog is a game that I love It's above all the other crap out there Echo the Dolphin and Mortal 
all my favorites are on there. Sega Genesis is good. Sega, take my money. Sega Genesis is good. Sega, take my money. And then what's the bridge? Invite a friend to your house. You spend the whole day playing Madden together. That's really funny. But I will always go back to the one that is fun and play Earthworm Jim some more. Sega Genesis is good. Sega, take my money. Sega Genesis is good. Sega, take my money. Okay. Wow. What a difference. That's <laughs> so good. I'm telling you, I hated all of these songs, and now they're my new favorites. <laughs> I'm like, Alon, your parody stinks. That Sega Genesis is stupid. Now I look like an idiot. I'm going to redo all these podcasts. Is there one with poppy seed bagels or scones anywhere? Oh, please. Not from this album, unfortunately. No. Okay. Well, this was I a scone free album. I can't believe now he's going to like, now I'm going to like those poppy seed and scone songs because he's going to play them. Oh, sorry. Oh, damn Dave. it. So sorry. Uh, let's try one more here. Uh, this is Autumn Hill Valley. Okay. <laughs> I traveled back to 1955 in a time machine built by friend, built by my friend Doc. And now my only chance to make it back to the future is if lightning strikes a clock. Meanwhile, my teenage mom has fallen in love with me. This is great. <laughs> and my dad won't make a move because he's a big pussy. But if he can fight that asshole, Biff, he'll fix my fate. And I'll go 88 in my DeLorean. Is that right? Something like that? Yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> it was exactly okay. right. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Look at me. I'm an old man. Oh, it's great. <laughs> and you do have one more. You have um you have COVID testing line. That's a long one. That's like the full song. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Well let's see. Let's just try and get through some of it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're not gonna say no. <laughs> jazzy intro, jazzy intro. Get your Chinese food cartons ready. <laughs> Get the pizza. But some Chinese. <laughs> some folks like to get away, take a holiday somewhere out of town. Have a flight while they're coughing and their mask is down. I'll do it like the Tony Bennett versions. So now I'm suspicious and my throat don't feel too fine I'm in a COVID 
your testing line. All right, Barbara, you take verse. I'm just kidding. There's tourists drinking at the bars in the subway cars breaking quarantine. Asking for directions They're way too close to me It'll take Oh, so uh, And I know what I'm needing There we go And it'll take three hours time I'm in a COVID testing line so easy with an at-home tests get your results in just a minute or two but instead I'm stuck here waiting on this line the results will come when I'm 62 Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Bennett. This line felt like eternity, but now finally I am getting close. I'm ready for Q-tips shoved up inside my nose. But then one of the nurses, she hangs up a little sign. We're closed till tomorrow at nine. I'm just taking a greyhound to the PCR line or something like that. I don't know. Do you have the tag written in here? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Song was over. <laughs> I'm in a COVID testing line. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Dave will like that because he didn't like that. I didn't end on that line. I was furious, parody. as I usually am. He's like, how does it end with the nine o'clock thing? Yeah, I was pretty <laughs> angry about that. But boy, what a difference. Oh, well. it, 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 it just listen. Even if the it's not good, it's just you're playing and singing and your voice, voice is so wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much thanks, thanks. for taking fun, your guys. time to with our ridiculous show and <laughs> these ridiculous songs, you're very kind, very talented person. Thank you oh, so man. much, Paul. Oh, thank you guys. You, you know, you bring a lot of joy to my week really. And, uh, I love hearing you duke it out. I love your hot takes and, uh, and your cold takes and everything in between. So it's been, uh, it's been a great journey and I'm honored to be a part of it really with you. So thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being yeah. here. We'll we'll see you at the next album wrap up. The next I one. Join us in October when we wrap up Billy's disappointing tenth album, The Bridge. Is that what's next? Yes. <laughs> oh, I I just wanted to say one thing about this. Did you know that orchestral arrangements, specifically on New York State of Mind, done by Ken Asher? Do you know who he is? Ken Asher. Kenneth no, Asher co-wrote was had his hand in a lot of records of the 1970s big records he played piano and stuff not on this record but he orchestrated the strings to New York State of Mind and he famously co-wrote um, the Rainbow Connection with Paul Williams right uh -huh. I knew I knew that name right 
Ken Asher. Did, did he write any of the other songs on that Muppet movie soundtrack? He probably did. Yeah, I would imagine he did. I, I just kind of I know him from from that bit, but you could look him up and he's his credit list. Oh, you know what long. I was thinking of? I think I was thinking of William Asher. I think he produced Bewitched. <laughs> A little different. That's his brother. That's wow. why I was getting confused. Oh, but, that hey, that Rainbow Connection is an unbelievable song. It's unbelievable. Really good. Song. Really great, right? He did some great string arrangements for this record. I mean, say goodbye to Hollywood, New York State of Mind, all the tunes and strings. He killed it. He sounds awesome. They sound I awesome. wonder where he found that guy. I think probably through Columbia Records, I would I would imagine. Oh, that I makes think. sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of good. We were just asking about that. Billy being producing of the album. He, he bought in somebody who was, again, smart enough to bring in somebody to work with the string arrangements because maybe he didn't have a lot of knowledge about that, which, again, is extremely bright. Really bright. Yeah. And I can imagine because the string arrangements aren't too complex. I could probably imagine Billy saying, you know, humming it to Ken or telling him how it, it should go. And Ken kind of being more of a copyist there than an arranger because Billy probably had an idea of how he wanted it to go. You know? Yeah. Ken Asher, Rainbow Connection. There we go. Great song, too. That was uh, 1977 also. So right around this time. An Angry Young Frog. <laughs> yeah. I was just at the uh, Songwriters Hall of Fame gala a couple of weeks ago and Paul Williams was getting honored. He was getting uh, inducted into the hall of fame and Ingrid Michaelson sang rainbow connection live. Oh, that's nice. Did she play on ukulele? She had something there. Yeah. Something yeah. going on there. What are you a songwriter? Or did you make it there because of your parodies along or? Yeah, <laughs> these are this. I'm gaining so much steam with the parody stuff, especially <laughs> the scones. They were like probably within a uh, year or two, we could get you in here. Why'd you got to bring that up? Thanks a lot. <laughs> we're having a really good time. You got to bring up the scones again. Well, anyway, you guys, the Turnstiles, as we know, is an unbelievable album. It is probably the best. It's all going to be downhill from here. <laughs> it won't be downhill, but for the true Billy Joel fan, I think we can all agree that Turnstiles is the one in the sense of, uh, you know, it's very easy to like The Stranger. It's very obvious. 52nd Street won a Grammy. But this was an album that went nowhere, made no money. And again, we've also talked about if this was after Piano Man, this would have been a bigger album. Uh, but because of Street Life Serenade, it kind of ruined the process. This could have been The Stranger, and then The Stranger would have been 52nd Street and so on. He would have had a true four in a row like that. But uh, it doesn't matter. He needed this album to move to The Stranger. The Stranger would not have been The Stranger if this album wasn't what it was. You know, he needed the a follow-up to say, no, I'm Billy Joel. I am the shit, and well, I'm, I'm really going to bring it to you in my next one. This is just a setup for The Stranger and what's to become in, if you follow me in my life. Yes. That all being said, Famous I would like to... Words. What? <laughs> Famous last <laughs> words. Famous last uh, words. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Paul, for joining us today. I wonder if you would be uh, interested in singing our outro song. If oh. You know it. Oh, uh, what's the outro? Remember the outro? <laughs> oh, yes, I think I got it. Okay. Uh, it's been a joy. Okay, here we go. So now you heard what they thought of that song. Famous last words. This podcast ran too long. My fault. Stories, jokes. Your hosts were full of silly anecdotes. And so it goes. Another show about Billy Joe. Turnstiles.